This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. All right, y'all. Get ready to welcome the superstar Steph to the show. I will tell you how we got connected and all the craziness that's connected with our crazy meeting throughout the episode. And if you're interested, if you're stoked on the tribal marker theme, um, which I am, I'm so stoked. We talk about it. Talk about it. But I actually uh, got in contact with the founder, and he's going to give 15% off people's first orders, I believe. If you go to tribalmarkers.com and then use the code BREAKINGNORMAL. They're a great tribe. I'm so stoked to be connected with these this crew, and Steph is such a badassator to their movement. So let me know what you think. Let me know in a, a review on the podcast. And... Um, once again, tribalmarkers.com. Use your code BREAKINGNORMAL and see if you can get in contact with this crew because they are special. And I'm highly enjoying what they're doing. All right. Much love, y'all. Keep breaking normal. Here we go. Winter is here the day after Groundhog Day, which was like the most summery day of Boulder thus far. And I am synchronously here with uh, Steph Skarmanak. Skarmanak. It's a tough Steph one. Steph Skarmanak. I, I know. I, I can say it. I'm just. It is a very unique name. And I ju- and we just met. We did. Just so everyone knows. Very briefly. <laughs> and um, we met at this uh, the tribal markers gathering event. What do you call? Yeah, it? I think Experience? we would call it a training. Training tribal yeah. gather gather uh, tribal marker training tribal marker training. TMT, that's a pretty nice acronym. Mm, has a nice uh, mirroring effect to it. Yeah, yeah. And that was that on 2 2020 that we met? No, I think it was the day before. The day I before. It was the 1st of February. Yeah, I've been on a, a bender of synchronicity, uh, which Steph somewhat knows about because I had to share it with anyone that was in my presence as it was happening. And she so happened to be facilitating this training with a partner named Ethos. Mm-hmm. What a get. Like, I was telling Steph... I've I know about tribal markers and I know about Amir and I I've heard about this and we've been chatting online because as many of people that are listening know about tribe design mm. and I walked in there and I was like I felt like I was at tribe design with these two new awesome facilitators yeah. with this new modality of tribal markers and if you're watching the video anyhow whether it's through the website or not uh, Steph just tribal marked my daughter and me and i don't know how to put into words yet how meaningful something so simple seemingly so simple has been on my life in such a short period of time Mm. but i definitely am aiming to explore that out loud on this podcast with you absolutely so i'm excited to do that and um briefly a little bit just so not only are you doing this but um i found out that you are working in like the somatic field in psychiatry or psych- what is psychology, it? Psychology. Yeah. Psychology. And that you are, are specifically working with teenage boys and beyond or is that? Right. So my experience in somatics primarily focuses on a teenage demographic. So working with high risk youth essentially is probably the best way to describe that demographic, whether they um, are 
acting out at home, whether they're experimenting with drugs or abusing alcohol. And I've worked with a range of high school aged kids, essentially teens, um, anywhere from juvenile detention to specialty schools for kids who have trauma. Um, and so my new uh, Endeavor currently is a group in Los Angeles that works with teenage boys. Wow. Okay. So, well, that's not surprising to hear, and it's awesome to hear. And um, I say that because when I attended the event, a major part of the magic is you, was you. And I was like, man, I think I had this hunch or this feeling like that, that I would love to know this person more. And then the next day, I think it was the next day, where I, I walked into the coffee shop. And I thought, oh. <laughs> There's Daniel. And there she is. I'm like, okay. And then she's sitting across a guy, another local guy that has a huge podcast. And it all just came together. I'm like, oh my gosh, next guest on the podcast. So here we are. And we're going to play the breaking normal game. Um, we'll see. Maybe for a few minutes to 10 <laughs> minutes. Um, to kind of open this container. I have an idea where I might want this conversation to go. But I also like I like using this game as a guide because it has brought much synchronicity and awesomeness into my life. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played before. I'm a little skeptical, but it'll be okay. Okay, and uh, you you read the instructions and I everything? Read the instructions. All right, so just the full thirty seconds expression right. is basically oh, and on the um embodiment we'll just switch that to that just make it whatever you want to make smaller it smaller movements like or just not because this is audio yeah. the idea <laughs> i need the, to stay in my headset the, the idea is like to not speak during the embodiment phase but mm -hmm. since we're here on the podcast we'll just make it you can speak it or sing it or whatever okay. you want to do Perfect. so if you go to the game and i could um yep start the game and just put my in my and then go next right here start <laughs> to yep <laughs> 10 minutes we'll do that and then you can put dan okay and then just make sure your volume's on and i'll tell you this game if anyone's like intrigued in what we're doing right now and you have an iphone depending on when you listen to this it's gonna be on the android soon oh no i jumped into go. it all right do you mind if i hold this and oh I'll yeah, yeah. Of, all right so it asked me what do i want to do what do i love to do in my time okay i love doing what i'm doing right now i love like following the schedule of synchronicity and feeling like divinely affirmed on not only a mental space, but like it feels good in my body. So I like to feel good in my body. And that seems to be by not only following synchronicity, but by like immersing myself in nature and moving in nature, like taking walks and hikes and places I can't hear people. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Dan's running out the timer. Steph, what are three things that you love? Sing it. Oh, um, three things that I love are singing and dancing and people. Do I have to use all 30 seconds? Okay. Um, and when I'm singing, I'm usually happy because I was a Disney kid and I wanted to be on Broadway and I thought I'll be an actress. Um, it didn't work out because now I'm a therapist. <laughs> um, and... I became a dancer when I was a kid. Oh, good. Oh, good. That was epic. <laughs> just... What is your earliest memory? Embody it. So I'll, I'll speak it. Let's see my earliest memory right now. What a good question. Mm, I think my earliest memory is looking at photos. Hmm. Like that's the str the strangest thing is my earliest memory is looking at photographs of me at an earlier age. 
<laughs> I'm having we're having a guest, Davina. This will be the first podcast she's ever on if she's on it. So we'll see what we'll see what's going on, and we'll keep playing until we might pause for a second. All right, sit. What's your biggest fear? Embody it. Oh goodness. Okay, we'll speak it. Um, my biggest fear. Oh gosh. Um. I think not being able to do anything, being helpless. I think that is my biggest fear of seeing something happen or having an experience and feeling like there's just absolutely nothing to be done. So really, it's more of a a control thing. So not so much helplessness, but control freak. (laughs) What do you want most in life? Sing it. What I want most in my life is something that seemingly is happening right now. Somehow, my beautiful daughter is now sitting in my lap because she looks like she could use support from me, and I am so blessed. I'm so blessed to have someone that I love this much that is courageous enough to ask for my love just transparently it means so much to me i almost forgot to sing (laughs) steph if you had one wish what would you wish for embody it if i had one wish what would i wish for Ooh, i would love to be able to invest in all of the good ideas my friends have had i think i've had I guess I'm supposed to embody this, and so this is my embodiment. Um, I've had so many brilliant people pass through my life going, God, I would love to create this thing, or I'd love to build that, or I'd love to go here and help this collection of people in this way. And I would love to be at a place in my life where I could be like, okay, here's the starting, do it. Jesus or Buddha, embody it. Jesus or Buddha. Ah, I'm going to speak it since we're um yeah, it's it's like two, I, I'm gonna say right now it's like two side arguing over two sides of the same coin, in the sense that I believe they're both human embodiments that left a treasure map for people to find their soul. Yes, baby. You want candy? <laughs> it's a valid desire. All right, so we'll, what we'll do here. Oh, well, greatest oh, hope. Greatest hope, and then we should find candy for Davina. My greatest hope, oh, is just to be in love every day of my life. Okay, guys, I like that. We'll do. We'll I cut like the that. game That's for now. Perfect. And then let's find out what happened. We'll see if we pause it. I'll just leave it rolling, and I'll see if we yeah, leave this in or not. You want what? You want some candy? Did what happen, Kenny? She hurt her back or something? She somersaulted into a rolling. Okay. Do you want me to give it a kiss? Where is it at in your back? Let me see it. Oh, I see it. Oh. Let me give it a kiss. So, that was, yeah. Parenting. On the fly. What what did that bring up for you? I love kids. Um, I've been called the mom of the group since I was, like, in high school. So that's, I'm, it's touching, it's wonderful, and I think it really speaks to the generation that we're in, where parenting is taking on this new forefront of 
attuning in a way that hasn't previously been as popular. You know, it used to be that kids were supposed to be seen and not heard. And now I think collectively we, I think for a lot of us had parents who operated from that standpoint or misattuned. And so I think for our generation, we are coming into parenting wanting to be a different kind of parent and wanting to meet them in their place. Mm, wow, I'm happy I asked. Thank you for sharing that. And you said, I could see the mom of the group, but like the group, <laughs> meaning like whatever group you're in, you're My somehow like yes. an archetype of that. I'm, are you a mom? I am not. Wow. I am not, but I, I'm the friend with a big bag of snacks everywhere we go. <laughs> That's Yep. And so listen, that, that to me gives me a great opportunity to jump right in, which is one of the things I heard when uh, during the tribal marker training, which was that this this work that you do specifically with teenage boys. And this is this around the, the somatic work. So I do somatic work with them, but um, I think it's important to set up what somatic is first really is. And can real quickly is are you able to move it a little closer to your mouth? This yeah, part, absolutely. There is you that go. Better? Yeah, yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank, Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's important to first set up what exactly somatics is in a therapeutic sense. Um, there's a lot of different modalities out there using somatics as its basis, but we're not calling it somatic. So, um, at its core, it is the science behind how your body experiences life with you that it is a subjective participant rather than an objective participant in your life. And all the places you've gone, your body has an opinion about how you got there, what you did once you got there, and then how you left. But very rarely do we find a modality where we can listen to our body or give it the chance to speak back to us. Um, And so in a therapeutic session that is somatically based, we can do anything ranging from tracking sensations in our body. For example, right now I feel um I think I would say excited mixed with nervousness and I know that because of the different type of shake and quiver that I feel that I've spent time starting to separate those because often excitement and nerves can feel like a similar kind of rising but what kind of rise is it for you and so we can do things like tracking that where do you feel it in your body but we can also do movement things you know how does it feel Um, to talk about whatever's happening in your life while you walk around the room. What is it like if you were to sit closer to the door? What if you can't get to the door? And using your body's natural signals as a way to uh, get more in touch with your deeper self and where you've been in your life, where you want to go. Yeah, this is so fascinating to me, which is also, I think, like obvious of the alignment that somehow just now we're meeting each other, but seemingly in similar fields, but maybe in different spaces and time uh, that I'm so fascinated by. So much so that like I'm getting, I've been working on getting ready to launch this emotional resilience training. And one of the main modules of the online course is noticing versus imagining. And it's very much like, for me, notice first, first, what is going on in my body, what a dog would understand or a baby would understand. Like, where are the sensations? Like, using my five senses, where are they the most amplified? And right now, I just, I feel like a nice, harmonious feeling in my, like, chest area. And uh, kind of like in my eye, behind my eyes and my head. Like that's where my sensations are. So 
what I imagine about that is I'm feeling like excited, focused, happy, aligned. And that the, the, those are all opinions that any, not any, like, because I don't know when you feel nervous or when you feel excited, I don't, or when you feel scared or when you feel awkward, I don't know what that feels like. Cause what that might feel like to you is might be something I enjoy. So that, that's like a major, some, that's like my major, na one of my major navigation tools of living. So I don't know if that brings up and it sounds like it's very related to this field <laughs> absolutely i mean your ability to go inwards and track a motion in your body is a somatic capability it's called interoception so when we meditate and we do something like a body scan and you can note where in your body you're having a experience is interoception which is similar to proprioception which is how if I can't see my arm, but I'm moving my arm, my body still knows it's moving even though I can't see it. Um, which is this developed muscle of our consciousness. And so somatic awareness is just an extra muscle that we're building to like gain uh, another tool for our tool belt to like keep growing in the world or connecting or you know pursuing your passions that we can do all of those more solidly once we are more in touch with you know the rest of the 80 percent of our body that is in our head yeah so i'm i'm i'm, I'm stoked i mean it, actually do you know any guy named judd dr judd something when we were first filming for this uh course uh -huh. he, we had a guest that came and he sat in with us and he was a somatic therapist and i think it was from boulder at the moment he had just moved to san diego cool anyways a little side synchronicity yeah, um, how does this relate to the tribal marker training that we did? Because I, like I, th for me, um, I think I went in like thinking this is just gonna be so fun. This is gonna be so fun, and then I got was there. it fun? Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> so fun. And when I, but what surprised me was like the depth of the fun. That's when I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. this is like pretty deep. <laughs> You're work like, is this here. my event? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. And I did meet, like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not going to try to explain all the synchronicities right now. I, we, we waited to start for a guy named Danimal mm -hmm. that I never met in person before. And if anyone knows, if anyone's been following my journey for the last 10 years, that would be pretty shocking. Um, and yeah, Danimal and I had a great time. And, I'll, and then, the whole the whole thing was so much fun, and I just felt really like this is important. This is mm. important, and so much so that Davina being a part of the show, what happened before we started filming this was so important. Like uh, Davina saw the feathers on my arm mm. after the event, and she wanted them, and I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, and then I th I think that was after I met you. She told me this. I'm like, well, perfect. We're gonna have some feathers on you tonight. <laughs> but there's something like even watching y'all. Uh, I Davina's so stoked watching y'all there seems like there's a communication going on mm -hmm. that's definitely beyond words which i think is important for the own daddy and own baby to address yeah and i'm highly intrigued by it and it seems like something you're super passionate about it so i like kind of i want to like open the uh floor or stage for what it means to you and what is going on here um and how that might relate to even the somatic work that you're doing absolutely so I think there's a couple of things in there to hit on. So there's what is tribal markers? How does that then link into somatics? And because uh, really the somatic attunement is, I think, what you're speaking to regarding like, you know, 
when I sit down to paint Davina, this moment that she and I are having together, even though she's, you know, three something years old, we're still like in the same wavelength of sorts. And that for you as a parent, like you're doing that on a regular basis, but for someone who's just meeting her or you, it is like a different skill of like, how do you do that? How do you teach that? Um, and I think it's and two yeah. uh, about to be three, just for about to be for three. just yes. my obsessive honesty. <laughs> <flagging>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and so and I hear you. I, lo- I love where you're going with this. Yes. Cause I want to hear more. Like, I just want to affirm you, like, please yes. tell me more. Cause this is something I, I'm so familiar with on a feeling level, mm. but it seems like there's something that you've made a profession out of. In right. Multiple there's terminology dimensions. for so it. So I'm like, yeah, let me tell, tell me, tell me. Learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's what is tribal markers? There is how does somatics connect to that? What is this underlying energy piece? And then how do maybe people out in the world use this? How are they already doing it without knowing it? Um, and so tribal markers is a group that was originally started by a gentleman named Amir Magal that you've been in touch with. And Amir was a, an artist from the get-go, and he was really wanting to find a way to express himself in a way that was intimately connecting with people. So a photographer for a long time and, you know, from behind the lens was seeing people, but really wanted to be in front with them. Um, and so we created tribal markers and actually for a long time was working, um, with a group called natural leaders that is also in, I believe based out of Los Angeles, um, that works with kids and he was painting a lot of kids. And that was, um, for me, actually, where I found Tribal Marks as well about five years ago, she had a f- girlfriend that worked for Natural Leaders, and I just would see pictures of her with all these kids just covered in paint, and I thought, well, geez, that looks so much fun. I would love to do that, and reached out to her, and she connected me with Amir, and um, it was so striking of an experience, which I think is a lot of what I hear from others who have been Tribal Marked, either by Amir himself or by those of us who have been trained by him for a long time of the impact being more than just somebody painting you. Cause we've had all our face painted or like finger painted. Um, but that there's so much more of a, a depth in this like intangible piece that you can't quite put your finger on. Like something just happened, but what was it? And that piece I think is, is attunement is we're showing up, for tribal markers, when we teach trainings, one of the big parts of the trainings is practicing how we show up authentically in front of somebody. We practice witnessing, we practice being seen, which I think unfortunately are still things that so many of us are learning to do. And then you use this tool, this marker to adorn the individual the way you are witnessing them. And I've had some of the most incredible experiences with people because the more that they authentically show up, the more of them I have the chance to see. I've painted hundreds and hundreds of people at this point, you know, and it's, it's a regular, like it's happened often enough that I'm like, okay, this is what's happening. Um, and that if you don't want to be witnessed, that's okay. But then I won't see you as fully. So the markings won't be as revealing and widening and like impactful. You are allowed to be where you are, but that also means that I can only meet you where you are Um, and vice versa. That for me as an artist, it is a gift to get to witness. And actually tribal markers is how I found my way into somatic psychology. Um, 
I was seeing a somatic experiencing practitioner at the time, a therapist of sorts. And I brought it to her one day. I said, I'm, I've found this job where I'm, <laughs> I'm painting and people are crying in my arms. What is going on? <laughs> and she said, you're, you're seeing people, you're holding space, you're holding them in this like container and then gifting them this beautiful image of themselves that you're able to see that maybe they haven't seen themselves yet. And it was, I think my first experience of having someone explain attunement, intuition, and an energetic exchange. And, um, from there I started looking into, um, different kinds of body movement activities, things like ecstatic dance or Hakomi therapy, gestalt. Um, and it really broke open this science of somatics for me that, um, a great book, if you're curious about somatics is the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk. He's a German um, psychotherapist, and really he goes over everything from PTSD to yoga to car crashes to the whole range of body experiences we can have and why it is so real for us. And it really connects back to um, our nervous system. When you feel activated, you're anxious, nervous, whatever, your nervous system, your body's regulatory system is responding. When you feel tired, you want to take a nap, you're yawning, it's also your nervous system just in the different direction. And so somatics was using the science and it gave, again, terminology to this experience of attunement and exchange and energy and um, witnessing in a way that I hadn't had before. And it just became this like thread I had to keep pulling. Um, and I graduated last this past May from Naropa, their um, graduate program for somatic psychology. Um, and have since moved to California and I'm pursuing helping folks out there because I am not a snow bunny. <laughs> I do not like the cold. <laughs> um, and so I feel so grateful that Tribal Markers is a more global experience because I get to have the opportunity to come back to places like Boulder and share this gift and hold space in a way with all these new tools that still apply to a practice that originally brought me to my career path. <sighs> wow. Wow, that's, thank you. <laughs> and I want to note that, like, the night this was happening, the, the sunset before was just, mm. like, Fiery. iconic. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it, it got me to ask the question to my roommate here. Is there, a, like, a, where's, the, where's the page called Boulder Skies? Because that sky was, <laughs> I mean, I was, like, showing it to people. I'm like, this looks, like, so fake. Like, <laughs> Are this you is seeing real. this? This is actually real. <laughs> And then the event happened, and the next day it was like straight up summer perfection. Mm. Like for me, I just like seventy two and sunny yeah. and awesome. And then now today, it's like it, ten degrees out. Yeah, ten degrees and like a <laughs> foot of snow. It's so snowy. That is crazy. That's Boulder. That is nuts. Yeah. And y'all just got like right in the thick of it. The sweet spot. And you're supposed to leave tomorrow. I guess, yeah, it looks like the roads are clear and everything. It was yeah. looking pretty hairy there I like know. for a moment <laughs> until that foot hit. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, that's all so important. Mm -hmm. and I, I love that. I love that that's, that you are in that and that you're doing it. And hmm, hmm. 
do you want to touch on what is that underlying energy or that thing? Like, you know, that, <laughs> that untouchable, uh, yeah, the, like why would someone start breaking down and crying mm. Yeah, during a tribal marking? Oh gosh. Um, sometimes, I mean, people cry for different reasons, but really I think what happens the most frequently is, um, the sensitive part of themselves is seen. There's something about that. Whether we see ourselves or somebody else does it, there's something so powerful. I don't have to do anything about it or like change it, but just like seeing it, that, that gets you right in the feels. And so I think that is really what tribal markers is pinpointing on is the witnessing and how potent that can be for our well-being and how much our mental health and our ability to connect with others is so innately tied to this desire to be witnessed and seen. Um, and that I think for myself, I was coming into this practice initially wanting to just do art all the time, you know, grew up as a total art geek and went to an art high school, you know, um, and thought I could, I could make money as an artist no one ever told me I could do that. I, you know, teachers very frequently say, okay, you're not artistic or it's supposed to look like this. That's not artsy enough. And people get shut down in this process as well. And so I've also seen tribal markers really reignite the artist in all of us, that we are all creative beings, but that there's this narrative in our culture that if you are this thing, then you're an artist. And that so many of us tell this story of, well, I'm not that thing, so I guess I'm not an artist. I guess I'm not creative. And it gives people a chance to express, you know, the training, you know, that we did together really walked through some really basic pieces, but that what the goal for Ethos and I was, was to get folks excited and to give you guys a chance to be creative in your own rights. Um, and so there is this pairing of the creativity aspect with the witnessing um, that I think makes it such a movement rather than just a festival tool or a workshop like it really makes it so much more of a movement of a way to show up and connect and reignite your own excitement well on, on that note the movement y'all's next if in some if case someone's listening and they want to attend the experience something like the experience i did um, i i know yeah uh, from what i'm projecting but i would say like every tribe design there's none that are the same so i don't really know how to describe exactly <laughs> what's going to happen for like the ones that are neurotic about knowing everything about a schedule <laughs> i identify so um but <laughs> for if for the ones that are w wanting to have their own version of this mm -hmm. where's what's the best way to stay in touch and find out yeah absolutely so we are running trainings most frequently in los angeles because that's where we are based out of that's where our shop is and um, our homes and uh, we are also looking into doing a potential tour of the U.S. because we've been getting so much outreach from folks saying I would love to do a training but you know LA is just a little too far away um, and so we do also do individual trainings like Skype trainings but it doesn't have that whole feel you know you're not going to get to do the movement activities and the meditation and the hands-on learning um, and so I would keep an eye on our website, just tribalmarkers.com, and then our Instagram, actually, because social media is the way we communicate amongst ourselves now, um, is so frequently updated with 
our ideas and if we did do a you know us tour where should we go and so if you can give us direct feedback there that is excellent you know we're looking at san francisco and oakland and coming out to the east coast and things like that so um it's in the works but the more encouragement and like desire that we get from the community of like we want you to come to austin and we're like okay we got to go to austin we hear you we're coming well, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend putting the call out um i'm intrigued it's uh Something, it, I, I think it, what you touched on about unlocking someone's artistic ability, I think it is reminding me, because I believe, yeah, I believe like life is really art. So thanks for the reminder of how artistic I can be in such a fun, connective, mm. simple, uh, once again, fun. <laughs> I want to emphasize, like I, emphasize I am an embat, all right, I am that I am. I and I and I, we could talk about the pronoun thing too. I would love to. So I am that I am, but I am also a, a, a bad ambassador for fun. Hmm. Like pure fun that where the fun definitely outweighs the consequences. Hmm. Like just pure, pure, pure fun, pure fun. And that to me is pure fun. So thank you for yeah. like that, that I am highly aligned with pure fun and it seems like y'all are doing it. Yeah, we are definitely fun oriented. <laughs> it is definitely a tribal markers trait. We go where the fun is. You know? <laughs> we do festivals, we do music events, we're doing fun activities and really we're marking there because we wanted to come to the event too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how my, uh, that's how my career as a public figure <laughs> began. Yeah. I, um, Ask the question, what would I pay to do, mm-hmm. and how can I get paid to do it? Mm-hmm. And I asked that after taking the MCATs before, yeah, and then I, that was yeah, 11 years ago, and I'm still asking that question. Yeah. And the question's evolved, but so I can totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm wondering, it sounds like there were a couple of different pieces that you took out of the training that have really impacted you, and I'm wondering if you could maybe speak to those a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, definitely y'all as facilitators, so I'm stoked to be here with you. Mm-hmm. Um the the uh, touch like touching yeah like having a great context for making people feel not only safe but like reminding them of how powerful uh it is physical touches and uh, yeah i'm a big believer in that <laughs> yeah yeah we had we've had like people come to our events one in particular is coming to mind Rafe Kelly which is a great previous interview to listen to but he came in and brought roughhousing in as an element and he's like uh this parkour i would call him a parkour guru and and using nature as the obstacles instead of man-made objects yeah and it reminded me of that like i i felt like but this was this felt more feminine and playful and that that felt more like masculine and like warrior Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, just the profound, the profound power of touch and connecting while touching Mm. and remembering that if you're brainwashed into thinking that has to be a sexual thing, like that, 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 that's like the breaking of my element to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, this can be a sensual thing. It can be a sexual thing. It can be however someone wants to interpret it. But there is a profound power of connecting with someone with touching and touching them, um, regardless if it's intimate or romantic or sexual or not. And I think that r- reminded me of that very much so. Mm. Mm, thank you for sharing. It's interesting, the touch aspect that you bring up, because there is 
from my, you know, lens of being in the mental health field, Stop. in the mental health field really brings in this additional knowledge that we need to remember regarding touch that there is so much experience of body trauma in the world and that that can be repaired so much by touch but that we can also accidentally do harm with touch yeah that, yeah exactly like, i'm happy to talk about this because that the, that was one of the things that happened at the retreats uh where rough housing or anything of that happened especially when it was um paired man woman oh that it was great because like a lot of what we're doing at the tribe designs is using a lot of talk therapy, but all of a sudden this physical therapy to bring up traumas, to process them and let them go instead of storing them. Mm. And that, uh, yeah, touching brings up a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. I want to talk Absolutely. about, I want to make sure I also remember about eye gazing too. I want to talk yes. about that with you Absolutely. because we're, since we're talking about this topic and that's also another mod, one of the, I, I mentioned the notice versus imagining. This is definitely a plug for the course coming out. I've been, I'm stoked. I've been like waiting to release this. Oh. Another one is eye gazing hmm. and, um, it's reminding me that, yeah, the, it, the tri that training also involved that. Mm-hmm. Um, inevitably or not and I, I was also stoked for that and that might be more n natural or normal for me but like for someone some people haven't looked at someone in their eyes mm -hmm. for like more than a few seconds in a long time some people don't look themselves in the eyes <laughs> and I remember my brother he said one thing in the training he was like he felt like after doing the eye gazing that if he did that every day for like a month <laughs> that that would be healthier for him than trying to go to the gym mm -hmm. and work out as hard as he could yeah and I, I want to know what, if you relate to that or with that. Do you think there's truth to that? Do you, what did, why would he say, so, why would my brother say something like <laughs> that in your opinion? Uh, my therapist brand has so many additional questions, but he's not here, so we won't do those. <laughs> um, but I think he's speaking to the connection. Again, the witnessing piece, what it's like to be seen, but also to be in the role of seeing somebody else. I think, we all have, you know, our range of experiences, but there's there's a gift in somebody else being vulnerable and brave enough to let you see them, which is for me why I come back to tribal markers time and time again. I I take a gift home when somebody else lets me see them, and there's something humanizing about it and connective and like a reminder of like, we're just all humans just trying to figure it out. We're all just trying to be as happy as we can possibly be any way we can while, you know, feeding ourselves and the ones we love. And that historically our culture has not encouraged this level of connection as a way to do that. That we've previously prioritized different ways of living over authentic connecting. You know, I think it's almost like talking about what a socially acceptable problem is. It used to be socially acceptable to repress everything, just bury that deep down. And then we see this huge spike in anxiety and depression. And now I think our generation is saying, no, no, it's not socially acceptable to repress your feelings. You should talk about this. You should talk about this to all your friends. <laughs> and then your friends are all getting therapists and you should see my therapist and we should have feelings and we should move them. And it's like a, cultural movement now that we've we're undoing you know years and years and generations of you know the need to survive things like the great depression 
your anxiety was not as important as feeding your children. And that needed to happen in order to survive. But now we're at this place where there is a little more landing room and space. And we're wanting to address this old narrative. And so we're shifting that. And Tribal Markers is very much helping with that because of the level of witnessing it does. And then I agree. I appreciate you mentioning how intense eye gazing can be for people. And you really notice it as what we call a tribe scribe, someone who is doing tribal markers regularly. We call them tribe scribes. And right away, someone comes to be adorned or painted. It's in the first like three seconds, how long they're going to hold eye contact with you. Okay. And then it brings us back to what I mentioned before about meeting them where they are. If you don't want to make eye contact with me for more than three seconds, that's okay. I understand what that's like. I remember being there. Some days I'm still there. And that's okay. That's okay. We don't have to hold eye contact the whole time. We can find different ways to connect. And some of that is the nonverbal. But again, being in silence is just as uncomfortable as eye gazing for some folks. <laughs> and it really, it it comes out strong when you're all of a sudden in this like forced intimacy, which is part of what we're bringing is intimacy. And the touch aspect is intimate. The eye gazing is intimate. Letting someone see you is intimate. It's so much vulnerability. It takes such bravery to get there by yourself, much less with a stranger. And so I think it's also why Tribal Markers has become such a movement because we're all craving this in our relationships or with ourselves. And that some of my favorite stories of Tribal Markers are of people who have taken them home and just marked themselves. And the experience of loving themselves in that way, of being with themselves in that way. It's like a version of self-care. Yes, yes. I, I, love, I love it. And I love that you're a bad asser of it. <laughs> what if someone wants to work with you personally? Do you... Yeah. How does someone do that? And yeah. If they're interested, just in case, you know, I like to I like to use this as an opportunity as like a connecting platform. So if someone's like, oh man, I'm in. L- I don't know if you work with people virtually or. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, we do virtual trainings, and um, I can do private trainings as well if you're not in the Los Angeles area. Oh, not area. like not the um, travel marketing, the somatic. Ah, the somatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that gets actually a little stickier okay. because it's a. Um, as a somatic therapist, I have to be registered with the state. Okay, so, so you're working with okay, right? So, so whatever you're answering a certain, that it's question almost is. like um, if you were to become a doctor, you have to do a residency. Yep, yep. I'm in my residency right now, so um. I I had to work at somebody else's hospital for a little while. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yes, but as soon as I get there, I will let you know. <laughs> but I think it's always a good um moment to mention my therapist um Instagram, my dot somatic dot therapist. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still giving you the same information. So even if I can't see you personally, I think today I posted something about socially repressed problems. Okay. <laughs> and so it's on there. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I definitely – have you heard of a lady named Teal Swan? No, but great name. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so we, we've done some stuff together, and she is crazy, but some like in a great way. Definitely breaking her away. And someone sent me her thing because I, I, I've been posting these things about synchronicity, and then she just posted something today about the frequency of synchronicity. Hmm. And that's why I've been naming my episodes. And there's something about um, – I wonder if it drifted off to like never, never land. It's going to come back when I let it go. Yeah. But there's something about 
teal and this that I want to make sure I golden thread together before we um, end this broadcast. Yes. (laughs) Seed planted. Seed planted. We'll just water it throughout the podcast. And we have 27 more minutes as a creative constraint. I I mean, I'm pretty captivated by (laughs) everything that we're communicating about. I'm wondering, do you have anything on your mind or heart? Hmm. that you want to explore. Yeah, I think I would be curious to hear if there was something about the training that you wish there had been more of or if there was something maybe missing Hmm. from it. It sounds like, you know, the... I can say that if you want me to. Yeah, I would love to (laughs) hear it. Clarity on like breaks, like clarity on the structure, just like clarity communicated. I think like what I've learned about these events are some people are so emotionally injured, like drunk. They're pretty much drunk on their own emotions in these type of experiences and they don't know what to do about their own bladder sometimes so yeah i'm I'm, it's not my specialty but i I always think it could be implemented more is like legit just like straight up structure on because because the state of mind or being that these people are so entranced in like let them enjoy that fully yeah. And yeah. Yeah, preparing ahead of time yeah, for those. Yeah, I, can, I know. I, I also know about getting stuff done. Totally. And, and <laughs> what I think you're speaking to really is, is as a facilitator, you're monitoring the whole group dynamic, mm-hmm. and so thinking about the small adjustments ahead of time really is this extra level of facilitating for a large group. You know, you're throwing large events. You would need to think about these little details, and so having distinct breaks, I appreciate the feedback because that lets ethos and i know oh next time we want to add a good five minutes to let people just like breathe and like take a step out or like you know it was intense or like i need to drink water i need to use the restroom we want to make time for that so that when they do come back they're like okay now i'm here let's mark let's make art absolutely (laughs) i'm laughing because you're uh i i definitely judge you to be a a master communicator Mm. Where do you think you got that from? Is that Thank something you. that you learned or that was innate or passed down or because where you grew up? Oh, or gosh, I wish it was innate. Stop, that would stop. be that would be so much more flattering. No, this is a learned skill. I think most of us don't come out of the womb. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's not true. Babies are great communicators. Yeah. They'll tell oh, you exactly uh, yeah, when they that's, need something. That, like, to me, that's everything we've been talking about <laughs> is like how to become a baby again. Yeah, really? <laughs> In a way, like communicating like an adult, yes. but having the awareness of a baby. Yes, exactly. I think it's, it reminds me of when you have these epiphany moments and you realize humans are all connected. Everything is love. And you're like, oh, what a simple idea. Yeah, okay, so this is – all right, this is what I want to talk about with you for a moment if we can. <laughs> I think we're scra- – like we're scra- maybe this – who knows who this will land on. But I think we're scratching the surface of the simplicity mm. of uh, living. Because that's what you asked me about the tribal marker takeaways. It was like, oh, yeah, it reminded me – and I think that reminded other, a lot of other people to like look at each other and to touch each other yeah. and to enjoy each other and to be creative yeah. around each other. Just be together. And um, and to breathe. Mm. So many people aren't breathing, Daniel. Well, this, yeah. <laughs> it's th- so real. Th- it's, <laughs> I'm just like revealing my frustration with reality in the sense that I th- think the answers are so simple. It's like a game of hide and seek. I think we're all playing a game of hide and seek with each other actually for fun. With each other or with ourselves? With ourselves and with each other Uh. and everything. Like, I think we are – that is a child's favorite game, and I think that's what we're doing for fun is my rationalization because it's almost as if 
there's a billion different iterations on how to live life in the best way possible. They are so complicated, but there's just the simple truth of like breathing, like looking at someone in the eyes, like touching someone. Um, there you go. Yeah. It's interesting. The hide and seek piece. I think I, I resonate with, but I also have seen frequently, you know, working with different clients and folks in Boulder before going to LA and, um, yeah, it's also what makes the witnessing piece of tribal markers so intimidating for people. Sometimes I have people, you know, break down and cry and they're like, oh my God, how did you know? And sometimes people are like, okay, bye, get away from me. It's too much. They're still in a place where they feel like they need to hide from that. That's too intense. I don't want you to see me. That this level of hide and seek is something we're constantly doing with ourselves when you have that epiphany moment of uncovering a new level of yourself. It's like you remember who you were in the beginning. And then you do it again with the new layer of yourself, the new challenge that's on your doorstep. You uncover it, you address it, you become friends with it. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, oh, wait, this is a, such an old lesson I learned as a child. Like I am loved. I am peace. I can believe in myself that there's such these simple statements, but that we keep uncovering them in these new ways. And the depth to which we uncover them, I think, is then what creates um, a large presence when you experience somebody. I think we talked about um, a friend of yours that met my friend Danimal and that they had an eye-gazing experience. This is a the little nuts. Let me just let you know, <laughs> All right, since you mentioned it, because I don't know, honestly, how to keep in track of all the synchronicities. And I don't know if you think I'm just like crazy, like this guy's no, delusional. No, not at all. Or, like, this is weird. This is real. Okay, so I, and I would be, like, I know we're getting kind of closer to the crunch time. I want to know what you think about that, like the synchronicity and why synchronicity would show up stronger in a season. But yeah, so this happened <laughs> the day after I met Danimal. I think it was the day after. Oh my gosh. Um, someone I gave an Uber ride to, uh, I gifted my book to. Yeah. When I, when I landed in Boulder and I stopped doing my current life, I did all kinds of things, including like dog walking, dog training, Ubering, like all kinds of crazy ways to understand where I'm at and then get paid while I'm doing it and what I'm good at and it was conversation and animals. And one of the people I met just got a pit bull and she hit me up about dog training. So I was like, yeah, I love training pit bulls. It's, I love doing that. Let's do it. And one thing I learned about her <laughs> was that she, I told her, I was starting to tell her about like what just happened to me and just to share a little bit of my personal life. And uh, she's like, I know Danimal. I, um, <laughs> I gazed with him before. And this was after me explaining to her about this, like my course, what I'm doing. And I was talking about one of the things is the eye gazing thing. And she's like, yeah, I know Danimal from eye gazing with him. Yeah. I'm not surprised. So yeah, uh, this is one of the many synchronicities. If you're interested in more, I think I've been down, I've been doing these episodes on my Instagram, the frequency of synchronicity. I'm two episodes in, but watch those. And I'm curious about you. What do you think synchronicity is and why would it? Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean? I love a good dose of serendipity. <laughs> it really reminds me how connected everything is and how, when we're, looking for it it shows up everywhere when we want to you know believe the universe is conspiring for us we pull up to a parking meter that was 20 minutes already paid we uh, a stranger finds our wallet for us or 
uh, a job that, you know, blew us off months ago calls us back and offers us more money or our mom calls us and apologizes, like whatever it is, when we start believing something, I think the universe starts following that lead. And that's where synchronicities come from for me is when I'm in tune with myself and being honest about where I am and what I want and who I love and how I love myself, everything else kind of starts going with that. And I think running into you, a wonderful synchronicity, I'm so excited to be here and to get to talk about this. It's like my favorite thing to talk about, but it's also the first podcast I've ever been on. Oh, nice. This is not, <laughs> so this is not the first time someone told me this and I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Awesome. So wonderful. And for me, the synchronicity of it, as I come into this stage of my life where I'm running more workshops and I am building my career more as a name for just myself coming out of school, this is a perfect synchronicity of that. I, you know, we had our training here and then Ethos and I have another workshop at the end of February in Sedona. And then we run a workshop at the Lucidity Festival or two of them. And they just keep coming together. The more I say, yeah, I am ready for this version. I'm ready for this life. The universe is like, okay. So you think you're ca- you're kind of causing these synchronicities in a way by your intention and by what you're looking at and looking for? Right, but in like I want a other team people to effort. Learn, I want other people to learn how to make synchronicities in case they want them. Oh, I, yeah. I, I want to express <laughs> that some people might they, – they, I, I don't know. I don't know if they would be able to handle – I don't know if I can handle some of the things that have been happening. Like I'm like, this is a little much for my understanding of reality. <laughs> it's too much, huh? Not too much. It's a, it's like it's good. It's yeah. a good dosage, but I'm like concerned. I'm like, this is a strong dose. Yeah. This is a strong dose of synchronicity. <laughs> I think I get them um, more in the experience of of having a, a moment where like I think of a you know a phrase or something, and then that phrase comes out of your mouth. That happens to me pretty regularly when I'm really like present with somebody or I think about somebody and then they call me and I'm like, what? how did you, that's wild. And I mentioned it to a friend once and he said something that has always stuck with me. He was like, you know, either you can say like, whoa, that was crazy. Or you could say, hey universe, I see you doing things with me. Thank you. And that like actually by appreciating the synchronicity, we encourage more of them into our lives because by calling it like cosmically crazy and wild, it's still making this like othering of it. It's like an alien experience rather than like a thing that like, yes, the world is synchronistic. You know, the Fibonacci sequence, like how does nature make pine cones like that? You know, just these beautiful spirals. There's millions of them out there. All of them incredibly unique and beautiful snowflakes that like nature does synchronicity on its own. And that the more in tune we are with ourselves, I think the more we become attuned with nature. And that like that's actually the more natural rhythm of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think it goes back to that hide and seek thing. I think like the synchronicity is like the truth and it's like, Oh, I got caught again, got caught again. Like you, yes. yeah, how do I <laughs> this is so fun. Let's it keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would agree. What's so, more pure than play? I think in my head I want to say laughter, but I guess that comes with play. That's just a question I have for I'm trying. I, I don't know if I know the answer. Hmm. I'm like, I don't know. It's a good one to What's ponder. What's more pure than play? Love? I don't know. But like in play is love. You might have got me on that one. 
anyhow, but what I wanted to mention was the the eye gazing piece. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. And I, I'm just like, I want to get, um, y'all get excited for this course. I think I'm going to make it, like, it, I'm excited. I'm, this is something I've never put more intention to in videos. Mm. This is the most intentional thing I've ever done via video. Yeah. So I'm stoked for it. And the eye gazing thing, I'm like, the arguably the, the, out of all the chapters of it, I'm the most potentially stoked for the eye gazing element. Well, then maybe I would love to hear, like, give me like some, <sighs> your highlight Okay, reel. all right. So the somatic, the uh -huh. somatic for me. I think I can get more in touch with the subtleties of my somatic subjective experience of life through eye gazing than like it's just like the easiest go to that I know of. Yeah. Like on a subtle level, like I just start feeling things yeah. that it seemed like between my maybe my where my solar plexus is, mm -hmm. um, that I feel the seduction to distract myself from. And when I'm eye gazing, it gives me like this opportunity to like sit with it and be like, what is that? You know, what? Hey, hey. that's for me. What about for you? It's very interesting. No, it is interesting because I think my question would then be, do you ever eye gaze by yourself in a mirror? Like, I have, I have done that, and I've go? had some. Uh, well, one time in particular, that's a, yeah. So for long, for historians of my online personality of sorts. That's kind of what started the Rob Bras. I was once having this, uh, I had this New Year's breakdown mm. where I was like hosting this party in Nashville and things went crazy and I kind of went crazy. Okay. And um, I had this moment in the mirror. Mm. Yeah, a moment in the mirror where I like made a commitment to myself and then it, all these synchronicities started happening and then the Rob Bras were birthed. So I've had an extremely powerful eye-gazing experience where I felt like it sobered me out of a crazy, like I was feeling out of, as chaotic as I've ever felt. And it like by going into the mirror and looking at myself, yeah. something, uh, a whole new season in my life began. So I've had that. And then I, every, and the, actually it's funny you say that Davina and I, she loves to, uh, we've done that. We look at the, our eyes in the mirrors together. Yeah. And she loves doing that. It seems like she wants to do that now, every night almost. It's pretty cool. What about you? What uh, Tell me about that for you. Yeah, I think I've had some very potent experiences with myself just in regards to my my inner story, my inner critic, but also the, the story of my own self-worth that like really looking myself in the face has helped and in the eyes has helped of noticing what story comes up for me and there's a an art installation I had seen god probably four years ago now a man named John Walters created this thing called the real mirror where there are three mirrors that are all bouncing reflections off of each other so that when you go up to look at it actually you're not seeing uh, your right side as your right side and your left side as your left side but rather how I see you, where when I see your right side, this uh, is yeah. your left. That, wait, what? Yeah. What? I want to see. Wait, it's how do worth I looking that? at. I think, his, I think the artist's <laughs> name is John Walters. And he, I saw his work at a festival, as a, at a music festival at Envision in Costa Rica. Are you going to that this year? I'm not, unfortunately. Yeah. So the 10-year anniversary is going to be amazing. Um, Dan was going. Is he? <laughs> He's going. Okay, I'm going to. Dan and I have some stuff to do. Um. So I, I believe his name is John Walters and he created this thing and he calls it the real mirror. And so it's the reflection bouncing, but 
for myself, I have a freckle, I think under my right eye and I've always seen it under my right side. And I looked in this mirror and it was on the left side, which is the way you're seeing it. And it was the first time I saw myself the way other people saw me, like physically saw it. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind because I was like, oh my God, I love her. And it was like one of the first moments I had done that because we don't see ourselves in a mirror. We see for like the immediate flip reflection. It's not actually the way we are seen in the world. It blew my mind. And I, my note, my marker was this freckle and I never thought much about it. But now for me, every time I see it in the mirror, I'm like, okay, that's a reminder. This is just your mirror reflection. This is not actually how the world sees you. And so I then get curious about if you've done meditations of using your interoception. You know, you mentioned in the podcast already your ability to track sensations. But when you do a body scan, are you essentially just eye gazing at your soul with your eyes closed? Was that too deep? <laughs> no, no. Can you, say, can you say that one more time just so I can see? Yes. Um, is there a way to eye gaze with your eyes closed? Because when we're looking out at ourselves in a mirror, it's not really how we're seen in the world. It's this flip reflection. And so if you were to close your eyes and attempt to eye gaze inward, would you be eye gazing with your soul? Yeah. So I, I believe like questions are the answer. So I think that's a great question. (laughs) And my first like thing that came up was like, does my soul have eyes? Ah, that's a good question. I don't know. Does yours? In a way, but it's not like my, it's not my, like my human eyes. <laughs> Fair. It's somewhere like in between. I almost think like, like my um, tongue, nose, eyes, and ears. Ah, like the sensory something like of it's your just soul. Like a different dim- mm-hmm. dimension of sensation. I like that. I don't know though, but these are great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of sensations, like I definitely feel a lot of, pressure in my bladder and circulation in my mind because I know it's probably time for us to probably about uh, time. at least conclude this creative constraint of synchronicity and kind of sharing something that I feel like we're both passionate about yeah totally. thanks for doing what you're doing yeah thank you for hosting the space and for you know forging the frontier it's an important conversation and the more people that are having it the wider the message gets and the more we can collectively ask these questions as a community. Yeah. I'm remembering, I'm remembering a future of some sort of synergistic collaboration with like tribe design and tribal markers. It seems like we're, the ideas are going up the same mountain, but just on different paths. And like, maybe this is where like the roots are crisscrossing. It's like, Oh wow. You're going there too. This is what this is what I've seen. This is what I've seen. This is what I'm supposed you to see. You want to catch a bus together? Yeah, let's let's, let's share. Here we go. So sharing. <laughs> thanks for sharing notes out loud. Yeah. I mean, having fun doing it. Absolutely. To be continued. Yes. Keep breaking normal, y'all. Chew. All right. Once again, tribalmarkers.com. Put in the code breaking normal. Get your fifteen percent off. And stay tuned. We are right on the edge of getting ready to release the Breaking Normal Emotional Resilience Training, as you heard me alluding to throughout the episode. So if you know you want in on that, if you, I'm going to probably give a deal for the first 100 people or so that get the course, maybe like 150 bucks off a future tribe design. And we've got some exciting stuff on that radar. But I'll keep it a mystery since that is one of the modalities of tribe design. And um, stay in touch. I'm excited to see you soon, whether it's literally, metaphorically, 
and remembering a future that only gets better by tribe designing it up. You know, breaking normal culture and tribe designing it back together, y'all. Keep breaking normal. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.